Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. This is episode 19 of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. In today's episode, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with the brilliant teen translator, Dr. Cameron Caswell, adolescent psychologist and family success coach. Dr. Cam is on a mission to change the landscape of mental health through this current generation of teens and their parents. She tells us that teenagers feel misunderstood because they are misunderstood. We can all learn to understand and do better by listening far more than we talk. She shares her best tips on how to connect with and relate to people. She's talking in the context of teens and their parents, but you'll note that she spends more time reading and educating herself through management and leadership books and workshops than through parenting books. You won't want to miss her success tips, which are, one, ask permission to give advice, two, validate what people are saying, and three, motivation, help people break it down into smaller steps until it's not intimidating. These are incredible parenting tips and can very easily translate to your team. Humans are humans, and we all need to be heard and understood. Check out her Parent Power Hour on her website when you get a moment. You'll be so glad you did. If you're a parent or if you're a leader, you want to listen to this episode. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Dr. Cam and her amazing journey. Dr. Cam, I'm so happy to see you. Thank you so much for being on today. Great to have me. Great to oh. have me. <laughs> it is great to have you. Listen, for our listeners, today's Friday at the end of very interesting week here in the world. And I get it. It's great to have me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so excited to share your journey. I mean, you and I go back to where our kids four or five and tap dancing, dancing lessons. That's yep. when we met, right? Oh my gosh, how our lives have changed. And so I'm so excited. Flash forward nine or 10 years. We've, oh my gosh. Has it been that long? <laughs> it oh has. My gosh. I can't I mean, even imagine. Today, how is that possible? I know it's a, we haven't changed. Our kids just keep getting taller. <laughs> not us. We're not the ones changing. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I am thrilled to have you on. I'm so excited to share your journey, your mission and your vision, especially as a parent of teens, but just in general for the world at large, because we've got a whole generation of young people about to go out in the world. And I know that you're making a huge difference. So I am just absolutely thrilled that you're here today. And I'm so thankful for the work that you do. You've definitely changed the vibe in our house through your work. That means the world to me. <laughs> yeah. And our vibe was pretty good, but we had a few sticking points good. and a few like, you know, hamster wheel things that we <laughs> finally got that off. Really good point though, because I think a lot of people think we can't get help because we're doing pretty good. And 
a lot of the parents I work with are, they are doing pretty good most of the time, but there's so much more that they can be doing. And just, you know, getting those arguments and getting all of those frustrations when we can figure that out. Oh my gosh, you can really have this very peaceful life with your teens. And I think a lot of people expect it to be tough. Mm-hmm. And so when it's tough, they're just say, well, that's just the way it is with teens. It doesn't have to be that way at all. And it so doesn't. that's why I want to help parents go, you know what? You can actually really enjoy this period of time. I think teenagers are really cool. And since I've learned to reframe my expectations and my thoughts about what teen or what, what they are, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of making them like, I don't know, like a project or a thing that I'm working on. They're people, they're humans and they're incredible humans. And they, they have a lot to share with the world. And if we're paying attention, we can learn so much from them. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they're in tune with a lot of things that we're not even aware of. And <laughs> they spend a lot more time on their devices than we do. <laughs> which a lot of people complain about, but oh my gosh, the stuff my daughter tells me yeah. and learn. I'm, I'm astounded. She's, she's, she's teaching me more than I'm teaching her at this point. Absolutely. Same here. Same in our house too. I mean, it's, if I'm listening, if I'm in a mode where I'm not paying attention, I miss all kinds of stuff. But when I am listening, I'm also kind of like blown away at what they're learning and what they're teaching me and their perception, you know, being able to see the world through their eyes is really enlightening. Yeah. Cause they're it. They're our next, you know, they're our up and comers. They're they're going out there in the world to do great things and the yeah. better, better we can do with them, the more they can ac- accomplish. So I just, I just talked to a mom the other day and I think you'll really appreciate this because I know your particularly your son is, you know, he's a musician too. And so I was talking to a mom whose son is also a musician and we were talking about letting your kids follow their dreams. And I think one of the things as parents we tend to do from the right place is guide them to do something practical and safe. Mm. And we want to make sure that they've got all the check boxes checked of what they need to do to get into the right college and get into the right this and get the right job within these certain fields that are most, you know, safe fields that are going to make the most money and will, you know, and all this stuff. And I talk to teens who are despondent about their future Mm. because they see this lifelong doing stuff that bores them to death and they don't want to do, right? Mm-hmm. They, they see not their life. They see the parents, the life the parents are putting out before them and they don't want it. And so finding ways to dream with our kids and you're saying this because they're so creative and they have these crazy, some of them crazy dreams. And you're like, oh my gosh, we gotta, we gotta rein this in now. We gotta stop this because they can't be going off track like that. Why not? What, who, same crazy what track? <laughs> yeah. Because who are we to say what they can and can't do? And if they're passionate and excited about their future, they're going to want to do better in school because they now are going towards something that they want. Yeah. And we're showing them, what do you need to do now? We're teaching them how to be motivated because they're now motivated to do something. I hear people all the time. My kids are so unmotivated. They're so lazy. All they do is, well, because the only other options they have are boring. Mm-hmm told them what they can and can't do and the stuff we're allowing them to do because it's the right stuff. Yeah. So now they're not motivated. We're trying to motivate them to do things that 
probably us as adults would not want to do, right? I don't yeah. want to sit in front of a can't screen all day and learn from a boring teach. Sorry, teachers. I know you're most of you are lovely, but trying to teach kids over Zoom, there's just it really, really tough. And yeah. these kids are not, they're not motivated. They're not excited about it. So yeah. what can we find in their lives that they're excited about? And you will see the most motivated people you've ever seen. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, it's a delicate balance, I think, but it's also a really clear line from my perspective in my home. I can't speak for other families, but, you know, both of my kids are musicians. They're both very creative. They're also very, very different from one another. My daughter's very driven and she's like, I'm going to get these grades. I'm going to do these things because I know it's going to increase my chances of getting into, you know, and I'm not trying to rein her in, but I'm also teaching her moderation for the drive that it's, it's okay it's okay to get an A minus or a B plus. It's okay. It's not going to end your career and it's okay to take a break. And it's important to be able to take a break and recharge your batteries and all that. And with my son, it's so much different. It's like, well, if we get these things out of the way, I mean, it's okay. I think it's okay. And maybe I'm wrong, but for him, it's okay to just be like, I just got to get this done. And once I'm done with it, I can move on. And now I can go, he's really into skateboarding and he's really into playing his guitar. And so it's just like, sometimes in life, there's just stuff you kind of have to do. If you look at school as a have to, but you know what you get to when you're finished, then you're solid. Yeah. You don't have to pretend to love school, but you know, you still have to do the work. So it's kind of been interesting for him because the schooling from home in some ways has been good for him in some ways has not been great for him, but it is what it is. So we're also learning all these lessons about acceptance and surrender and resilience and (laughs) so much fun. Also being able and knowing I need to do this in order to do what I love Mm -hmm. and you're, you're fitting that in. Right. And I think the thing to be careful of is a lot of times I'll see parents And again, for the very, very right reason, so I'm not judging this, but I'm just saying be wary of this, is that we take away the things they love because it's distracting them Mm. from the other things. But now we've really decreased their motivation because now there's not even something positive to look forward to. So I just always want to encourage people to really think about what you're prioritizing and what you're taking away from them because- if we were try, if we're taking away in order to motivate, we're actually demotivating. So is that really the end game? And and just really thinking about that because we were saying it's like yeah we got to do some tough stuff, but the reward is that you get to do what you love. Yeah, I have learned that I don't take away stuff anymore. I did for a while and it always backfired. And my son told me in a moment of clarity and when we weren't, you know, pissed at each other, um, he said, when you say you're going to take my phone, that doesn't really do anything because then I'm like, well, now what do I have to look forward to when I'm done with my work or after I clean my room or whatever? Cause you know, like I like watching videos of guitar players and watching their fingers noodling on the thing. And I like watching skating videos because then I start thinking about what I'm going to do next. And I was like, wow, thank you for telling me that. I and, and taking stuff away. I mean, when they were little, I didn't take things away from them. So why would I do it now? Right. So it's, it's a really interesting, it's a desperation thing that I got to, <laughs> you know, and it was such a mistake. It didn't work. Interesting to me too, because I pull a lot of what I teach parents from leadership, from mindfulness. I, I don't actually read a ton of parenting books. I read a lot of books on just human psychology and human nature and 
relationships and leadership and these things. And you know what? Motivating is motivating, whether your kid is, whether they're a kid or an adult. And we tend to try to motivate our teens in ways that anybody that talks about motivation will say is not going to work. Yep. And yet we are frustrated when we do this over and over again, and it doesn't start motivating our teens. Well, no, because they're humans and we're not using techniques that motivate humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always am surprised when the expectations that we have for our teens or the expectations of how they're going to react to things, it's completely counter to what a normal human being would do. Mm-hmm. And humans aren't motivated by getting your phone snatched out of your hand. Right. Right. No. And so thinking about if I really want to motivate my team, how do I do that? Rather than I'm in the moment, I want them to just stop looking at their damn phone, which we do. <laughs> We're like, just stop looking at your damn phone. I'm going to pull your phone away from you. And in the moment, yeah, okay. You force them to stop looking at your phone. But what did you just achieve in the long run? I don't even know. Nothing positive. Nothing positive. Right. Not one positive thing has come out of that. Mm-hmm. And you've just set it up to be even more difficult the next time you want them to put their phone down because now they're going to hold on to it even tighter knowing that it's snatch is coming, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're going to justify that they were right because you're being mean and snatching their phone out and they're going to go find ways to go watch it somewhere else. <laughs> you not taught them anything useful right. or not to trust you. That's not useful. Yeah. And that's, I would be willing to bet that there's not a parent on the face of the planet that wants their kids to not trust them. Right. I think every parent wants their kids to trust them. Yeah. Them to trust us very much. And I, I work with, again, I work with parents and their teens together. And I, it's interesting to hear the dynamic in the conversation because the parents will kind of lecture and and that's just the way parents talk again but saying you've got to trust me you should trust me I'm here for you I'm trusting you I'm like saying to trust you doesn't do anything if you're not showing them with your actions Mm -hmm. you're telling them to trust you but yet you've just punished them for being honest with you because you disagree with them so Mm -hmm. how are you now conveying to trust you to tell me anything and they're like well hiding it is what made me upset I'm like, well, yeah, they're going to hide it from you because they don't trust you. Because when they have told you, it backfired on them. So Mm -hmm. why would they tell you? So I think we need to also be very aware of, we can sit there for hours and say, trust me. I'm there. I I trust me. I'm there for you. I'm not going to judge you. And then the second we do, they do something, we judge them and we criticize and we lecture. So let's make sure what we're saying lines up with what our actions are. Yeah. Actions, boy, someone should clone, you know, use this as a saying, actions speak louder than words. Wait, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. That's a, but that is, you, you could hashtag that. that. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. So we dove right in as I expected we would. So I hope our listeners who have children, they don't even need to be teenagers yet because you can start practicing now if they're little. 
And to anybody who has friends with teenagers or colleagues with teenagers, you want to know Dr. Cam, you want to listen, but tell us where are you, where are you located and tell us a little bit about what you do. Oh, absolutely. So, or a I, lot about what you do. <laughs> I'm outside of DC, which is the hub of calm and peaceful and tranquility right now. Yes, it is. Um, indeed. <laughs> so in Northern Virginia, and I'm an adolescent psychologist and family success coach is what I'm saying. Cause I really am about helping families succeed and Success is something that we are always striving for in so many parts of our life. And my goal, my mission is to make family and our relationships with our kids as just as important for us to achieve success in as our health and our finances and our relationships. And I want, I want us to be just as focused on what is our relationship with our kids like. I don't feel like it's quite up there yet. I want people's goals, their New Year's resolutions to include their relationship with their kids and to be, you know, along with I need to lose 10 pounds and I want to get out of debt. I want it to also be, I want to gain gain this stronger relationship with my teen and I want to gain their respect mm. and I'm earning it. And I, I want that to be really high up on our priority list. Yeah. And I, I don't doubt that it's a priority, but I don't also believe that we put as much focus mm-hmm. on it. We just kind of let it run. We kind of go on automatic, right? And we just yeah. do whatever happens and we don't plan it. We don't think about it. We don't, we're not as mindful about it. We're not as, you know, goal oriented in it. What am I trying to teach my team? What am I trying? What is, what relationship do I want to have with my team? What am I trying to, what's my goal here? What am I trying to achieve in this interaction with them? We're very reactionary. We don't respond and and plan. And I really want us to be a lot more thoughtful in, in how we interact with our team. And the reason I am so adamant about our relationships with our teams is because I find too often that we get in this phase of just let me survive this time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be tough. We fear it and dread it from the time they're born that when they become teens, it's going to be a nightmare. And guess what? Then it becomes a nightmare because we're looking for it and we're ready for it. And it turns into a nightmare. So it doesn't have to be. I think a lot of that we create, believe it or not. And then I also know that adolescent years are... I will argue the most formative years in a person's life because our brain is going through a growth spurt and we are developing these connections and these beliefs about ourselves and the world around us while we are teenagers. Mm. And so their belief about who they are and their self-esteem and their self-worth and their ability to interact with the world, that is Time creation time during the teens. And that's usually the time the parents back away out of frustration and discouragement and hurt. And that is the time we need to lean in. Mm-hmm. We need to lean in full force because they need us more now than ever. And so that's why I am out here because I see mental health deteriorating substantially. Mm-hmm. And I am willing to argue that a lot of it has to do with what happens during our teen years. Because so much of us are, so many of us adults are still carrying around all those scars that were created when we were teens. And a lot of them were created by our parents who loved us and were doing everything for us, but missed 
misunderstood us so dreadfully and desperately that they created and sent us messages that are very harming, not because they meant to, they didn't know better. Right. We want to help parents know better so that mm-hmm. we can do that to our own teens. And you want to get a t-shirt made. <laughs> Your daughter wants you to get a t-shirt made that says what? This teens, is so great. Teens act out because they feel misunderstood and teens feel misunderstood because they are misunderstood. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, as you were saying, it really stood out to me as you were saying, you know, if you think about leadership and psychology, when we go, those of us who go into the work world and we work with people and we learn how to get along with people, did we somewhere disconnect from our children as people, (laughs) you know, but also that leadership, we could really take a lot of pages out of these leadership books and apply them to our parenting. I'm starting to really see that, especially as my kids. So my, my oldest is 17. I've very much transitioned and, and shifted how I parent her because, you know, she's a junior in high school. Now she's looking at colleges and she's not going to stay in North Carolina. <laughs> she's not, there's no way there's no program here for her. So now I'm like, okay, well I, that make, of course I, in my little heart, I'm like, Oh, my baby. Right. But, but what I really want is to, to do everything I can to empower her to go out into the world, you know, fully as much as that's possible at the age of 18 self-actualized for that yeah. stage of her life and to go out and, and do great things and be, I don't know if she'll be fearless, but to face her fear and do it anyway, you know? And I think Tracy, you make a really good point too, is that you want your daughter and your son to go out into the world with these tools and this, this self-esteem and this ability to know who they are and this ability to interact with the world and thrive in the world. But in order to do that, they need time to develop and learn those skills, which is while they're at home with us. Mm -hmm. And so many parents will focus on, you know, well, it's my house, it's my rules, you know, you do as I say, it is, it is my way or the highway. And, you know, yeah, I get that. It is your house. You are paying the bills, but if you lay down the law and it's all about what is easy for you and what you need, then you know what? expect defiance. You're going to get it. So you you can't have it both ways. You can't have it, raise somebody, raise a child into an adult to be an independent, self-thinking, self-actualized adult and expect them to be obedient and just do as you say without arguing when they're at home, because you're not creating and teaching them those skills. So you can have it my way or the highway, just do it my way. I'm the authority figure. I it, I talk, you listen, but expect a, not a good relationship with them. Expect them to rebel. Expect them not to want to come home or to tell you anything because that's what you've created. That's the, that's the environment you've created. If you want a good relationship or a great relationship with your child, your teen, and you want to give them the skills, you need to give them a voice. You need to listen to them as well as talk. In fact, I tell parents to listen far more than you talk. You want to learn and understand them. And so this can be very hard for parents that want to establish authority. But the other thing I I really want to let people understand is that you build authority when you listen. Mm. You undermine your authority when you yell and you lecture and you tell. That, that does not build your authority. That completely discredits you as an authority figure. Being able to say, I'm sorry. Being able to recognize yourself as a human being. Being able to learn from your kids. 
that builds up their respect, that builds up their trust, and that builds up your authority. That's amazing. And it sounds a little bit hard, but what what I think is we make it hard because it's really not, it's really simple. If we think about how we do things out in the world with other adults, our peers, and we're not saying our children are our peers. I'm not saying that, but people, no, definitely not. But people respond to us when we listen, when we give them space, when we, when we, you know, create an environment that's safe for them to talk to us. And, and I'm always amazed by how much things shift when I change how I approach my kids. Like, you know, going back to the hamster wheel, there was just, I just felt like I was hitting my head on a wall. And then I heard it in my head. Every time I turn around the blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, no wonder, because I'm looking for it. Right. So I shift, of course, I'm a coach, so I can kind of pull some of this stuff out. And then I took one of your classes and that was also very, very, very transformative. But, you know, I was like, well, what would I ask a client if they said something like, not not that I'm coaching them on parenting, but if they used that kind of phrasing, what would I say? And I would ask them, well, what if every time you turned around, you were pleasantly surprised, right? What if you turned around and you were looking for something great? And it's amazing. So I'm, okay, I'm not unbothered by the messes they leave. There's often a trail behind them, but I also just kind of look at it and go, oh, my son was here. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. And then when I'm, you know, if making sure I check my energy, like, Hey dude, next time, just usually it's a text. Cause that's how I can get to them. They're in class or whatever. When you come downstairs, make sure you put your dishes in the dishwasher. Cool. Thanks. And it gets done. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to judge. They're, yeah. they're learning. Yeah. One of the things we, first of all, we get very upset with them when they don't do what we expect them to do, mm-hmm. or even sometimes call them to do, or even more so when they do it and they don't do it the way we expect them to do it or want them to do. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, they're learning how to do it. Yeah. So if we just get mad at them because they didn't do it the way we wanted to do, even if we've told them how to do it 20 times and they're mm-hmm. still not doing it right. Well, here's one thing. They don't care as much as we do. Sorry, mm-hmm. they just don't. Like yeah. having having a dish rubbed to the degree that I want, they don't even see it. It's no. not important important to them. So getting angry at them for not prioritizing the thing, same things you are, that's hard. And also it may take you 20 times to teach them something because they're learning how, and again, it's not important to them. Right. So if it is that important to you, that they learn it and be clear on why it's that important for them to learn it, be clear on the fact that it's important for you it's important to you that they learn it and why mm-hmm. and being kind about teaching them. Even if it's 20 times, be kind about teaching them. Cause remember it's important to you. Important yeah. To them. yeah. And I, and I think also expecting them to respond in a way that is mature when they haven't learned how to respond in that way. And they're not mature yet. In <laughs> fact, I know a lot of adults who are in quote, mature that don't respond in a mature way. And so seeing it instead as, okay, they're doing the best they can, not up to my standards at all. So let's figure out how do I help them and give them the tools and teach them the skills that they need. Instead of getting angry at them for not doing it right right now, how can I help them so they learn how to do it right the next time? Yeah. And it becomes not so much of don't do this because now there's still a world of different opportunities of different things that they can do. And if chances are good, they're going to pick another way to respond that you still don't like. Instead of saying, hey, in this situation, this is another way or a more acceptable way or a way that I prefer that we handle this or that you handle this. 
you know, and let's teach you those skills because now they know the right thing to do. Because Tracy, you know, and I know kids don't want to get in trouble. No, they also don't want to do dishes. (laughs) Don't want to get in trouble. There's not a single kid that wants to disappoint their kid. Mm -hmm. They're not doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not personal. So I have a friend who is a special ed teacher and she taught me something that I've carried with me for all these years, which is the Q-tip method. (laughs) And it's stands for quit taking it personally Mm. because it's not personal. It's not. And they may use a tone because they're testing out some, you know, method, but it's still not personal. It's just not. And that's really helpful to me when I feel like my kids have been disrespectful and I have some expectation that they should be, you know, showering me with gratitude and praise or something when it's not realistic. Right. So I check in with, ah, it's not personal. Something else is going on. Okay. It doesn't make it okay when they, when they're snotty or if they're rude or disrespectful, it doesn't make it okay. But if I understand, then I can check in with them. Okay. What's going on? Because my kids don't want to be mean to me. That's not what they're doing. It just doesn't have anything to do with that. I mean, there's two things here too, Tracy. First of all, a lot of them, honestly, do not even know that they're sounding that Right, yeah. They don't hear it the way we hear it. Yep. Second thing is there's a reason why they're doing that. We see it as disrespect. We mm-hmm. see it as defiance. They see it as trying to voice them their own opinions. They mm-hmm. see it as trying to exert their own independence, but you know what? That's their job as a teenager is to be able to do that. Their job is yeah. to figure out who they are separate from us. And mm-hmm. so they're wired. Everything in their mind is wired to do that. Mm-hmm. So when we push and we threaten and they see it as a way of threatening their independence or threatening their ability to figure things out on their own, their knee-jerk reaction is to push back. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that it's not because they disrespect us, it's because they feel threatened in that moment. And that's the way they're reacting. Amazing. So you do all these, I mean, you're helping families. How do you do it? Like, so you have programs, you have classes, you're working with a school system also. Yeah. Tell us all about that. Okay. So I do a lot (laughs) of one-on-one coaching and that people can go. I mean, my site is Ask. Dr. Cam, which is just D-R-A-F-K-D-R-Cam.com. And I also have, I have my own podcast too. So I'm Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. And next week I'm launching the Power Hour, Parenting Teens Power Hour. And this is where I get, so I've been interviewing people on my show and it's for about 15 minutes. And I just have had so many people on that have far more information that I want to learn. And I know the other parents want to learn. So I asked a lot of people if they would be interested in coming back for a whole hour. And surprisingly, pretty much every single person has said yes. Wonderful. Um, and so they're going to come for an entire hour. It's free. They do a whole hours every first and third Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And they will come on and give us wealth of information. And it's for mm-hmm. anyone that has a teenager or works with teenagers. It's about understanding your teenagers. It's also really, really useful to know that you're not alone in this, that what you're going through with your teen, pretty much every parent is going through with their teen because teens behave the way they do for a reason. They're wired that way. So we react to it coming from a different place, misunderstanding why they're reacting. But think about it. If every teen acts the same way, why? 
Something's going on there. Yeah. Something, there's a reason, there's a purpose for it. And if we understand it and we learn to work with it, oh my gosh, our lives can be, I tell people actually, adolescence is some of the best times for a parent, most enjoyable times as a parent. It's all in how we're approaching it. That's so important. I'm hearing a lot of leadership stuff here. You know, we've talked a lot about parenting, but there's so many leadership tips in here as well. Listen, listen to understand, not listen to respond. So when I really need to listen, I sit on my hands because I don't talk very well without my hands or I put my hands in my pocket or, or hold them together because then I have to think to undo them. So, you know, be, be mindful of this, whether you have kids or not, as you're listening to this, you know, what are some ways that I can show up and be a great leader for other people, a good listener, a good friend, a good confidant, a, a mentor, whatever it is, right? If you're in a, any kind of leadership role, these are great tips for, for leadership. For our parents who are listening, man, you got to get with Dr. Cam. <laughs> Go, you know, and if you're, if you're not sure where to start, where, where do you think people should start? Come and listen to your, to your podcast, read your blog. Listen to my podcast and just go to, and you can find all that information at askdrcam.com. Yeah. Okay. Podcast there. You can find information on the power hour, all of that. So just askdrcam.com is the place to go. Awesome. And we'll provide every link that you want them to know where to find you. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Uh, you've really been doing this kind of for a long time, but how long has it officially been your business? Cause I know that you kind of, you had what we like to call in the world of entrepreneurship, an expensive hobby. And then you had some life events that changed things and you, you decided this it's now or never. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is, it has been a, a hobby for a while. And I knew it was a hobby when my CPA told me that after a few years, he's like, I think you've got to call this a hobby. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> making any money, which I really wasn't pushing, trying to, at that point, too hard to do it. And I was working full time as actually content marketing for years. And a lot of it was because of fear. You know, I, I'm a single mom with a mortgage and I wanted to make sure it felt safer to me to go into a job that I didn't particularly care for, but I had a steady income. I had health benefits. I had vacation time. I had, you know, a 401k. It all felt really safe and secure. And the last position I had was, it was, it was a really hard time for me because I felt very undervalued. I felt that women in general were very undervalued. And just to say, I was not the only woman that thought that. In fact, I, I, unfortunately for, no, I guess I'm not going to say, unfortunately, I wasn't, I was outspoken about it. Let's just say I, I, I made it known that I thought that it was extremely sexist there and that was not appreciated. <laughs> so about a little over a year ago is October of 2019. Um, I was invited in and they said they were going a different direction. Mm. And uh, I, they, they gave me a nice severance and asked me to leave. And I actually, I actually thanked them because I had been so absolutely miserable and my dream actually was for them to pay me to leave. And they did. And I was laid off, but I was the only one laid off. No, mm, that's interesting. No, mm -hmm. you know what? Actually, the only one laid off in that moment, there were a few other women that were laid off that had also been outspoken. So hmm. anyway, so I used that time and I took that money and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I love. I can't do this. I do not want to put myself back in another situation like this where I was absolutely miserable. And I am so passionate and I don't know where this comes from. Uh, you know, for me, I believe it's, 
it, God gave me this passion and this path and was like, this is it. Cause I could not even tell you. And I said, this is, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to do it. And it was terrifying. Cause like I said, single mom, mm-hmm. the mortgage and now no job. And I'm like, I got to do it. I was fortunate enough to have been very strong, strong follower of David Ramsey. And I had been teaching his class. So financial peace. So I had savings. I had no debt. I was in a really good situation right then. And I started my own business. And it's been a year since I started. And where I was a year ago to where I am today is unrecognizable. I was starting a year ago where I was did not know how what I was doing. I wasn't even sure what I was going to do. And now I have steady clients and I'm have consulting jobs and I am actually paying my bills with my business. And it is hmm. the best feeling in the world. And the thing that makes it the most rewarding is when my daughter who's 14 comes down and says, mama, I am so proud of you oh. following your dreams. And now <laughs> I, I can do whatever I want to do too. And she says that on a regular basis. And it is the coolest thing ever to see. That's awesome. And she's a remarkable young woman. I don't really even know her that well, but the times that I've seen her, you know, bright, shiny face pop into your lives and the live that you did with her, I thought you've probably done more than one, but I saw one. It was so cool. It was just so cool. And it's, you know, it's great to see a little piece that I want to pull out here is that you didn't let your fear about money be what drew you. You let your, your dedication and your passion and your commitment drive you forward. And this is a huge tip for entrepreneurs. If you'd go into it thinking first about the money, it will just look different. It won't work. It'll be, something will be off. And, you you know, you just got to trust. Of course, you need to be smart about it and make great choices and all those things. But when it gets tough, you got to remember why you're here. The why is the big, huge piece here. And, you know, I've, I've seen you chipping away at it and working, you know, probably long, really long hours. And you're probably still working some long hours. And I know you're starting to make some adjustments and thinking about outsourcing some admin and bringing in people. And, and this is great because you'll free up more time to do the thing you love and to spend time with your family. Cause this is, this is part of the reason that we do these kinds of things, you know, one thing Tracy that I have, you know, been very adamant about is not letting it interfere with my time with my family and my time with my dog. You know, and it's sometimes hard and it's, it's, I'm sure a lot of people are seeing this too, because now my daughter's been home for a year, you know, Mm -hmm. every day taking school. And so she sees me now and she's like, mom, you work all the time. Well, no, I don't actually, you know, I, I work all day, which most of us do, but she sees me working all the time. So it feels like, you know, I can't just go hang out with her all the time. She must be doing schoolwork anyway, but another, <laughs> another story. <laughs> I'm like, I've always done this. You just weren't home to see it, you know, but I still am very adamant about ending my day as hard as it is. I could do this. I could, I could not sleep. You know, I, there's so much going on in my head. I could do it all the time. And I make it a point that I have to end the day and I have to do the, I'm not have to, I want to, let me rephrase that, but I'm ending the day and I'm spending it with my daughter and I'm still making sure that my relationship with my daughter comes first. And that's not always easy because you do, you hear you're starting your business. You, you've got to hustle, 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 I hustle during the day, mm-hmm. time hustle during the day, hustle my 
fucked off during the day. And then I sit down and say, I'm going to just chill with my daughter right now. And that's a really important key in this entrepreneur journey, right? Is we don't want to build a life and career that we're trying to escape. We want to build our career around our life so that we, it's not about balance. Balance is a farce. It's, it's about creating harmony, right? If we're, if, cause balance to me seems like that 50, 50 and that just, it does. We spend more hours working than we do anything else. So let's just be clear about that. I hear you being very intentional. I hear you being very clear. I hear you prioritizing your family over all things. And in that umbrella of prioritizing your family is making a living that support, you know, supports your family and supplies all your income and all of that stuff, but it's your family first. It's not the other way around. Yeah, it is. That's and, really cool. You know, let's be honest because I'm doing this. I don't like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing something I have to do. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the holidays were here and, you know, several times my family commented because I cut down, I didn't do any meetings. I didn't do any of that, but I still worked. I still on stuff. And they're like, oh, you're working a lot. And I said, but you're saying as though it's a bad thing. You guys are on your phone playing games. <laughs> you know, it's right. not like, would you rather me not do this and play a game instead? It's I'm still doing stuff, but this to me is fun. Like I'm, I'm enjoying myself too, but I'm getting stuff done and I'm moving it along too. And I'm still sitting here and engaging as much as everyone else is. But I think there's just finding that. I think there's also this, this, uh, just the way people perceive it is, oh my gosh, you're just working 24 seven and I'm doing stuff I love 24 seven at this point. Yeah. So I think if you're feeling like, oh my God, this is sludge sucks, then you're probably not doing something that you want to continue doing. Right. Yeah. There's a difference when you're doing what you love. It doesn't feel like work. One of my guests quoted Zig Ziglar. So this isn't from my knowledge, but she said, you know, he had something like, if you're, if you're doing what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, what would you say are three tips? And I think you could share parenting tips because our listeners, even if you're not parents or even if you don't have teens, these are leadership tips. So if it's a business tip or leadership tip, what would you share with us? Three, three tips. So here I'm going to, I'm going to share some um, ninja tips, which Tracy, I think you know some of these, but <laughs> I like ninja tips. Yeah. They work with your teens, but they work really well with your spouses and your friends and your parents and stuff like that. So one of them is ask permission. You know this one, Tracy. This is one of my favorites. So when we want to give advice, which as parents particularly, we always have advice to give our kids, right? And how often do our kids sit there and go, oh, yes, please tell me how to do this? Never, ever. (laughs) I usually get really annoyed with you. Yeah. So ask permission instead. So here's an example. And I always point this way because my kitchen's over here. But my daughter, she actually is extraordinarily helpful around the house. And I never have to ask her anymore. She does it because she feels she loves helping and she feels rewarded by it because I'm always thankful. But she'll do the dishes and not all the time does she scour the pan as well as I'd like. And there's still some stuff on it. Instead of saying, you missed that or here's how you do that. I say, hey, thank you so much for doing the dishes. It has helped me so much. And I love being able to just rest or I was able to finish this, you know, finish this project while you were doing that. Thank you so much. I noticed you're having trouble getting some of that stuff off the bottom of the pan. I have trouble with that too. And I've got this, I figured out something that really works for me. And you want to hear it. 
Now, I've just asked permission to tell her the advice. And this is what that does. It gives her the control of hearing it, which everyone wants control, particularly teens. If she says yes, she's now agreed to listen. Not to do, but she's agreed to listen to it without the eye roll and the mom. And then, you know, she's agreed to listen. And if she says no, I don't say anything because she wasn't going to listen anyway. Mm-hmm. Now she trusts and knows that she does have control. And so when you do this, they now are like, oh, thanks for that advice, which that doesn't come when it's unsolicited, but when you ask permission. So this one I love, and I, you know, I taught it to parents as a form of working with their teens. And I've had a lot of people come back to me going, oh my God, that works so great with my spouse too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other one is, and this also works with everyone, is again, is to validate what somebody's saying, particularly their emotions. And I'm going to give an example of this that wasn't a teen was I was one day I was at I was at work free, you know, doing my own thing. And one of the guys was working near me and I heard him on the phone. It was during like a snow. The weather was really bad. He was on his phone talking to his girlfriend and he hung up and he just looked at me like, oh, my God, no matter what I say, she's just like going on and on and complaining. And she's just saying all this stuff. And I don't know what to do. And I said, next time she calls say this, say, oh my gosh, that sounds really, that sounds scary. Give me a call back. Keep me posted. I'll be thinking, you know, I'm worried about you. You keep telling me what's going on because she was driving it and she was scared and he was trying to give her all these tips and she was getting mad. And I said, just say, oh my gosh, that sounds really scary. I hope you're okay. Keep me posted. I'll be thinking of, you know, hoping you're okay. So he does that. He comes in the next day and he goes, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Do you know my girlfriend came home and let me play video? This is so funny. It's a grown man, you know, let me play video games. She was so thankful that I had just listened. And it was like the best thing. And it was like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. All he did was say, yeah, you're right. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds really tough. Didn't try to fix it. Didn't try to talk her out of feeling that way. Just said, yeah. Kids too, if they come down and they're all upset about something and you think, oh my God, that's ridiculous. And there's something you could do to easily fix it. They don't want you to fix it. They just want you to go, oh man, yeah. Wow. I'm sorry that, about that. That's, that sucks. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, but it did. So that's Amazing. those are two big tips. The other one, motivation. And this is another really big thing. Your kids are coming and you're having trouble motivating them. And they've got like all this homework and all these things they need to do. When we start listening to all the stuff they need to do, it just becomes so big and overwhelming that your, your head shuts down. So what I want to encourage you to do is help them break down what are the things that they have to do and break it down into smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller steps until it gets to a step so small that they no longer feel intimidated about doing it. And it could be as easy as, you know what, go down and sit in your chair in front of the computer. That's it. That's all I want you to do. Or just go get the book. Go get the book. That's it. Not asking you to do anything else. Go sit at the piano. You know, they don't want to practice your piano. Just go sit at it. Just go sit. Because once we break that barrier down, and we break it into smaller steps, we start getting little successes, which starts releasing those endorphins and good feelings in your head and feeling like they can do it. You also start that momentum. And once something starts moving, you know, I'm sitting at the piano, I'm going to play, just play for five, five minutes, 
just five minutes. Well, now all of a sudden 20 minutes has gone by. Just read, just read the first paragraph, just the first paragraph. Well, I'm reading the first paragraph. I'll just read another page, right? But do it without the expectation that they will. There is a chance that they'll go and they'll play for five minutes and they'll be done. But at least they've got that five minutes and now they trust you that you'll let them do that. And eventually it's going to keep rolling, right? Mm -hmm. So just break it down and keep helping them break it down into such small things that they no longer require motivation to do it. It, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't even require it. It's too easy. I love so those that. Are, those are my three tips and they work for teens and they work for you and they work for anybody. Yeah, they're really applicable across the board. I mean, this is, it's, it's just really becoming very clear to me how much parenting is leadership. Leader. It, it's yeah, yeah. It's all leadership. And that's what cr is crazy to me is I talk to these parents who are executives and really successful at work and they can't, they have these really dysfunctional relationships with their, with their kids. And I'm like, just take even one thing that you've learned with your employees right. and apply it to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just overcomplicate things. I mean, that's just sort of our nature, right? To overthink, to overcomplicate, to make it harder than it needs to be. Yeah. And we're also, yeah, and we're emotionally attached to we're these outcomes. Yeah. yeah. We don't have the same fears. We don't have the ex same expectations. We don't see our employees as being reflections of us as much as our kids are direct. We see them as direct reflections of us. So we're so scared and scared may be the wrong word for it, but we don't want them to go out in the world and represent the, us poorly. Let's face it. We don't, you know, yeah. we don't want them people going, Oh my God. Right. So we we're so concerned. So we're so much more invested in our kids. So I don't want to simplify it to the point of just leave them. I get that, but step back and go, what works with my employees and how can I apply that at home? Because mm -hmm. a lot of the same techniques and the same things work. The other thing I want to put out there though, that I think is really important is it's not about manipulation. This is not about manipulating your kids to just do what you want. Because now you're still back to getting them to do what you want. So none of this is manipulation. I want to make that very, very clear because they will see right through that. And it will not work. It is about being authentic and honest and truly listening to them to listen to them, not to try to manipulate them and change them. It is truly about asking permission, not to manipulate them, but to truly ask permission because you want to help. Them. So I think it's very, very important to realize this is not trying to figure out how to get them to do what you want. Mm -hmm. it's changing your mindset that it's a not about getting them to do what you want. Yeah. teaching them to make their own choices. Ultimately, we want to send them out in the world capable of making their own choices. And we need to do that but while they're young. Running, right? We're not raising somebody that's going to go out and be like, whatever you say. Right. You know, yeah. you hear, and we talked about the millennial stuff. We hear a lot of people complaining about the millennials in the workforce and now the Gen Z in the workforce, right? And because they need so much affirmation and they need so much guidance and they need all this stuff. And we go, oh, the trophy generation. Well, who gave them the trophies? Right. <laughs> and we fixed everything and we went in there and we, we paved the way and we prevented them from failing. And now they're so terrified of failing because they were never given the opportunity to fail and get back up. Mm. And they don't know how to make their own choices because they never had the opportunity to make their own choices. 
Yeah. Now they're going into the workforce and they're scared to make their own decisions because they've been sent the message that they aren't capable of making their own decisions. That's huge. Yeah. I send our kids out. Yeah. What you're doing, I believe is really supporting and changing the path for an entire generation and other generations to come. And you're just getting warmed up. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm so, I'm so thankful for your time. I'm very grateful for the work you do. I personally, our whole family has benefited from your work. And so from just a very personal perspective, thank you for what you do. And for a global perspective, thank you for what you do. You're changing the world. And I, I believe that you really are changing the face of, of mental health, mental health care, and, and supporting a whole you know generation and many to come going forward. So thank you for that. How can we support you? I know you've talked about your website a couple of times, any other places, and we'll put all these links in the show notes, but where else can people find you? Well, I mean, social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, on Instagram, I'm teen translator and, but really everything just to really make it easy. If you go to my website, you get it all. And I think the power hours are going to be really powerful. And I'm offering a, a membership to go along with that. The power hours itself free. You can up level it and get a membership, which is going to get you a backstage pass, which gives you the opportunity to actually ask all the experts questions. You get, I do office hours that are only for my clients, but I open that up to the people that are members. So you actually can jump on and ask me questions live on Zoom and things like that. So, you know, and there's like a portal where I put all my premium content that people can just get for free right there. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, when you have that membership. So just looking for that, but looking for the Power Hour, my Parenting Teens podcast and my website and just you know what, go listen to your teens. And that would make me extremely happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Cam. I just, I love you and I appreciate you so much. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Tracy. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.